world, it's your boy. The nonprofit sector connector, it's your boy, Tommy D, coming at you. Listen, a couple flights up from the kitchen, just below like the peak of the roof in my attic. I was talking to my guest a couple minutes ago, and he's like, Where, what do you mean? Where are you? You're talking about leaving the lights on over the weekend? Like, where are you? I go, I'm in the attic, baby. This is philanthropy and focus in every single Friday morning. Even if it's a holiday, I still do this show because it's that important to me. Nonprofits change our world each and every day. And it's my focus to do a couple of things. It's my focus to make more friends in the nonprofit sector. It's my focus to bring a guest on each week to help them tell their story and amplify their message. Nonprofits are on the front lines. Nonprofits are all about social services, making an impact, recognition, which is a lot of what we're going to talk about, impact and recognition, which I think is a lot of what we're going to talk about today. I used to do this show with a shirt and tie and a pair of shorts. But you know what? On a day like today, especially when the Metsies, our Metsies, I know if you're looking, if you're watching us on Facebook, you see my friend, he's got a big picture of Yankee Stadium behind him. I root for a team in Queens. So it's all good. It's all love. But the Metsies are looking real good. And I, I don't even, it's tough to say. You know, so I did a video to promote today's show. And I did sing. I sang a little bit of the Meet the Mets song. And it's, it, you know, I will say, to rave reviews. I'm getting rave reviews about that video. You know, <laughs> I sound like somebody else. Huge. It was huge success, a huge video. So look, I'm excited to have Peter Fertig here, who is the founder and CEO of the Bob Feller Act of Valor Award. I'm happy to have Peter here. We go back. We were trying to figure it out the other day. I started working for a when I got my first real job after being a bartender for many years. So at 24 years old, when I grew up, I got a job at ADP, Automatic Data Processing, small payroll processing company you may or may not have heard of, very tiny. I think they pay one in five people on the whole planet or something like that, right? I think it was one in six, but I see the stock price going up. It's got to be one in five at this point, right? So Peter and I go back to 2003 when I started working at ADP, which feels like 100 years ago, but sometimes I still feel like I'm that 24-year-old kid and I'm not, I'm 44. So I'm watching what, what's going on with Peter and his organization and I get these emails and, and being a baseball fan, growing up a Met fan, you know, although I will tell you as a bartender in the 90s, it was good to root for the Yankees because it was good for business. You know, it was a good, you know, our team... Not as much, but it was it was important. So I will tell you, I was in Yankee Stadium, Peter. First of all, good morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome, my attic brother. This is so cool. I can't I can't wait to see you in real life. Like, cause we've we've now been talking the last few weeks, but uh, yeah, I want to be at one of your events. We're gonna do some fun stuff together. Um, but I, I had my kid, my older son, uh, out of the two boys, two girls, the whole deal. But I had my older son who is uh he's a diehard sports fan like he's a fanatic like 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 the word means he is a fanatic so we went up to the cathedral up in the bronx a couple weeks ago and watched our team not win and uh meaning the other team the, the yankees won so but but it's you know that series is 2-2 maybe we meet again in october dare to dream right dare to Why dream not? you remember that man i mean 2000 seems like a long time ago only because it was a long like forever time. it was yeah. 20, it was 22 years ago man that's a long like time forever yeah it does yeah, and we, we came up on the losing end of that one, the Mets did, but that's okay. And you ran into a juggernaut. It was that well, that's what it is. I mean, when you we have haven't, we haven't been that good in a long time. So we're yeah. taking we we're getting better, but we're taking a backseat to the boys and the Queens. I, I tell you, and you know what's funny about the whole thing, and, and it's like uh Yankees look great in the beginning of the season. And now I'll tell you a story. I don't always talk too much family stuff, but I will tell you this. My mother in law is a big Yankee fan. So early, that'd be tough at Christmas time. Well, it's not. So here's the thing about it. It's tough because she's a wise guy. So what she tried to do is she tried to turn my older son into a Yankee fan because she's a Yankee fan. And because she thought it would be a real good way to, you know, kind of put the screws. I think, yes, grandma, you were trying to put the screws a little bit. So I said, that's not really going to work. I mean, this is like, this is how we do it. You know, like uh, we are Med fans and that's the deal. And that's all. So make a long short, I'll try to. And a friend of mine was actually like saying, Tommy D, do you even know how to make a long story short? Like, do you, like, is that a thing? So I don't think I do. So that's why we never run out of words on this program. We just run out of time to get them in. Yeah. 
Uh, and I promise you will have 80% of them as soon as I get through what I'm getting. Well, good, man. Good, good. So I take my son, actually my buddy Josh, uh, and he had tickets up for a Friday night game, Pete Alonzo. And I, I had a deal with something. I'd made a promise to somebody that they could rent out, uh, borrow a conference room I had access to. Long story, I don't get to City Field till 9 o'clock that night. It was all good because I had some friends up in a suite. <clears throat> Shout out to Queen's Chamber of Commerce. Excuse me. Guys from the Queen's Chamber had a suite. So they said, Tommy D, why don't you and the boys come up? So we came up. But Alonzo had tied the record that night, the home run record. You know, the the, the one where you, uh, the rookie record beat Judge. Yeah. And then I, I'm back there Saturday night with a crew. And my my older daughter and my and the same son we're talking about here, my guy. And uh, they he beats the record and that sort of sealed it for us for for at least for my son that was it you know he we love alonzo he does that thing he's in the stadium for both of those home runs it was over it was kind of that was it that sealed the deal and you know until a month and a half ago when we were at yankee stadium because a nonprofit friends of mine shout out to i empathize they had hooked me up they said tommy d we got these sweet tickets and the yankees won like 14 to 2 that night and I watched my guy looking out at the stadium, and I have this picture, Peter, looking out at the view you're like behind you, looking out at the stadium, and I go, "Oh my God, I might have lost them again." Like just you know, you know the allure of being in that place and and the history and 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 it's the Yankees. It it is what it is, man. Right? So it's funny. My buddy Mick Collins is texting me. He's trying to find out where to find us. Are we on Facebook? Are we on YouTube? Mick is a huge Yankee fan, and I hope he's found us somewhere because. Uh, because this is like kind of a, a shout out and a little of a ode to him as well, because he's actually named after the Mick. So Mick Collins is named after Mickey Mantle. I'll have to hook you up with him anyway, because aside from being a big Yankee fan, he runs a company called uh, um, Pay It Forward Processing. And they're a merchant processing company that gives back their net proceeds to nonprofits. So, Peter, you need to meet him. Other folks listening need to meet Mick Collins uh, either way. But I wanted to just kind of give that whole upfront thing about the baseball. Why are we talking so much about baseball on this nonprofit show? Well, my friend, Peter Fertig, found his passion, you know, a dream, saw something and, and wanted to make something better, wanted to add some recognition. So when I did a video the other day, I talked a bit about Bob Feller, but I don't think I'm going to do it the justice that you will. So without further ado, Peter Fertig, Founder, CEO of this special organization, the Bob Feller Active Valor Foundation, uh, Active Valor Award Foundation. Peter, I hope you're well. Welcome to the show again. Welcome to my attic. What's up, brother? Tell me, let's start the story. What drew you? You're a business guy. We're in business. What draws you to this type of work? Thank you, Tommy. Let me just begin by saying I'm, I'm real appreciative of being on your show, uh, even though it's up in your attic. It's a, it's, it's a great opportunity to catch up with an old friend. Um, and just a little history. I used to be a Mets fan. Exactly. Even, yes. What happened was our friends at the Mets. So I live out on the East end of Long Island. They didn't want to have, um, you know, a, a minor league ballpark out here, which I got very upset about. I'm sure you remember that, right? I, I you tell me the story, bring me back. So, uh, the, you know, I was a big Mets fan, uh, early 80s, you know, all since I was a kid growing up. And uh, you know, I shouldn't say that. I was a New York fan, but more lean towards the Mets because, you know, I was at, I grew up in Huntington. Um, when, you know, it was easier to go to Queens than it was to go to the Bronx. So, yep, and, and, and the Mets were pretty good in the 80s, right? Like, the, you know, they, they were a lot of fun to watch, and um, it was an exciting time back in the day. That being said, the, you know, the, the Mets killed the idea of having a minor league team. Uh, within on Long Island, the, the, the Ducks were born out of it, which are great. But at the time, I was very upset and very passionate. I said, you know what? Let me turn my allegiance to the Yankees early 90s when the deal got killed. And I'm like, you know, I look back and best move I ever made. <laughs> so, you know, look, the, the reality is uh, I, I enjoy baseball. I'm not a fanatic. I am more of a hockey fan. I love the game of hockey. That's my uh, passion, if you want to call it that. Uh, but I enjoy sports immensely. Um, wrote a children's book uh, a long time ago. You might know a great Met by the name of Tom Seaver. Uh, Tom, Tom Seaver was kind enough to do the forward of the book. Uh, when we did the forward, uh, we sent it over to Bob Feller. I did not know who Bob Feller was. Okay. Him. All right. So that's good. So that's good to set that up because, again, sure. this, this is your organization, and we're going to do some education on it. You didn't sure. know not like you were 
all aware of, of what he had done and, and the service that he had done and things like that? Nothing. I had no knowledge of who he was, what, what he stood for. Mind you, this is late 90s when I wrote the children's book. And I spent about 15 years on a 15-minute read. How about that? But I'm very happy about it because it was, a, a, you know, we've gotten Tom Seaver, Bob Feller, and then Cal Ripken actually did the final thoughts. So I was pretty happy with it. I thought I was done. And then I read Bob Feller's introduction of the book. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Here's a kid. Now, mind you, he was a phenom. So in the, one of the great things about baseball is it's timeless, right? You saw the movie Field of Dreams. Rolls by like an army of steamrollers, gets erased, and it's always baseball that stands out. And that'll be true forever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So Bob Feller, right, the transition was coming. He was a 16 years old. I want you to picture, I don't know how old your son is. My son is 17, my youngest. Is my oldest guy is 11. Yeah. Okay. So picture him five years from now pitching in the big leagues. Right. That's, right? Yeah, that's incredible. He was, an, he was an 11th grade kid. He got signed by the by the Indians at the time. They're, now they're the Guardians, but at the time they were the Indians. Signed up and came in, struck out 15 his first game, 17 his second game, hopped on a school bus, finish up his senior year of high school. It was broadcast from Iowa, mind you. So when they say field of dreams, that's where everything came together, right? Um, incredible story, right? Just that alone, because he, you know, they actually had, because they didn't have radar guns back in the day. They didn't know. They said he was throwing fast, right? You'd have a kid like Hank Greenberg. I say call him a kid. Yeah. But Hank Greenberg, when he was playing against us, said that sounded low, right? Like, <laughs> sounded. He didn't see it. That sounded, so they, it sounded low. That's the right. that it's coming at us. Wow. Yeah. Incredible, right? So, uh, you know, you have, um, you have that component of it. And he's about ready to. Uh, you know, be the next Babe Ruth. So it's the, that's the transition. Lou Gehrig, uh, Babe Ruth, Bob Feller, right? Let's, let's, pause, let's pause for one second because you got, sure. I want to, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be lost on anybody where you're talking about. This is a 16 year old kid. Yes. Pitching against men, right? There might've been some other younger guys in there, but pitching against men and striking out 16, 17 batters, right? In a, in a time when the pitcher would pitch the whole game and maybe pitch Correct. a game i mean right we know the history and the way yeah. things have changed you know so yeah. yeah so just amazing right and he did this for five years so uh he caught babe at the end of his career and uh, pitched against Gehrig, uh and the transition was there and then uh they did a stunt i know we have a, a quick uh minute we're we're gonna, yeah we're good right? but they did a stunt right because they didn't have radar guns back in the day and they pitched Bob Feller against a cop. You can YouTube it. It's actually on YouTube, right? Bob Feller against a cop. And I guess the police officer was going about, you know, 87 point something. And he caught up on him on, tw you know, 12 feet. And they clocked it at, and they did the arithmetic. I can't do the math, but about 104, 105 miles an hour is what he was pitching. Just incredible, right? So here's this kid that, that's off the farm of Iowa, right? Signs with the Cleveland Indians gets involved in the game, and then the next thing you know, he's winning 20, 25 games a year. Incredible. Incredible stuff. And, again, so I'm looking here, teenage phenomenon, 1936 to 1941. You know, he, he was signed by a guy called Cy Slapnick. Yeah. Right, who was a scouter at the time, as you say, the Indians, now the Guardians. And and then there's this, this transition in his life, and we'll get into it when we do come back from the break. Yeah. You know where it, it, he played 18 seasons, but there was a there was a uh, a blip or or a break, so to speak, in those 18 seasons for for four years. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Peter Fertig is here. Tommy D is here. We're talking about the heater from Van Meter, Bob Feller, because that's going to transition us into what this organization is all about, the work the organization is doing, and the acknowledgement of those who have served this country. Because again, we're bringing it back. It's going to be. Baseball, yes, it'll always be here, Peter, but it's a pastime, right? It's a, sorry, everybody, but it's a bit of a distraction. There is real things that go on. There's real life that goes on. And we're going to talk about that real stuff when we come back. Shout out, Mick. I see you. I see you, Mick Collins. You found your way to Facebook. I hope you, he calls me, he puts in there, hashtag Tangent Tommy. You know what? 
I'm all about bringing you a whole story, baby. That's what it's all about. Maybe I live in the tangents. I don't actually live right here. I live somewhere out here. Yeah. And right now I'm living in the attic. Peter, we will be right back. This is Philanthropy in Focus. Okay. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his know that was coming did you know that was coming did you know that my theme song shouts out the part of my house just below the roof shout out attic i love you baby i love you too tommy d very cool he's speaking to his attic now wow all right so nothing's changed in 20 years tommy congratulations i love it so brian give me your game buddy that has changed you know i haven't i have not had a drink everybody actually uh, in a couple days it'll be 12 years i've not had a drink congratulations bro thank you brother appreciate that that's a big deal yeah, and I say that, I don't bring it up all the time, uh, but I do bring it up because I think it's it might be relevant to somebody who's listening out there, you know? Uh, and I did it by just not having a drink and going to bed that first night, and then that turned into, I don't know, whatever, uh, 12 years times 365 is a lot of nights. So, uh, all right, so let's get into this. I was sharing the website while we went away to break. Um, we talk about the background of this young man, but then let's, be, you know, let's kind of... Uh, Let's stop with the teasing. There's something here. There's he got called to service. He got called to serving his country. So let's talk about that, Peter. Thanks, Tommy. So, right, he's uh, he's a phenom. High school, he's pitching, pitching for five years. Right, 1936, 1941. Pearl Harbor comes. Now he's already he's averaging uh, in 1940. He's averaging between 24 to 26 wins per season. Did they still guys, 162 back then? Is it kind of the same idea? Oh, you- uh, was uh, I think it was um, uh, it was 100 and I don't. You know what? That's a good question. I I think it was 100 and I don't remember. Mick, Mick Collins, that's out to you, Mick. That's a shout out. How many games did they play back in the early the mid 30s and 40s? I think it was 150, whatever. When, when, he's winning a big percentage of the team's games. He's, he's doing a great job as a young man under tremendous pressure and doing very well. Think about it. You want to put your kid, he's on the top, he's 17 years old, graduates high school as he's 18. He's on the cover of Time Magazine. He's 18. Now, back in the day, they didn't have the internet and all that other good stuff. So, time was it. Here's this kid, his, when they did his graduation, it was broadcast from sea to shining sea. The governor was there. It was just a big deal. So this is a kid that understands his place in history. He's going to uh, sign his largest contract in Chicago, 1941, and on comes um, 
you know, I think it was Sunday, December 7th, 1941. He hears that the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. He turns his car around, goes right to Chicago. Uh, I think it was Gene Tunney, who was the uh, one of the heavyweight champs at the time, was, uh, uh, you know, swore him in. And two days later, he was sworn into the United States Navy. Wow. Didn't hesitate. He didn't waver. Our generation, right, what affected me and probably affected you was September 11th, which is this Sunday. This right? today, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it affected not just New York, it affected the whole country. Back then, we didn't even, Hawaii wasn't part of the, you know, wasn't part of the union, right? It was, it was the, we were the Continental 48, right. and Hawaii and Alaska weren't part of it. But we had our ships there, and we got hit. We were asleep. It, it, it was an emotional day. But he, I think about that because I was 34 at the time. September. I, he, right. He was 23. He didn't hesitate. He didn't think about baseball. He's the sole supporter for his family on the farm. His dad is dying of cancer. Right. Think about that. I, I think I, I, I'm trying to picture my kid and I got four children. Three of them are older. I, I can't imagine three of them just walking away. Any of them just walking away. And he didn't hesitate. He said, Dad, this is more important. My country's more important. Right. And that's where I'm reading this and I'm going, well, wait a second. I'm, I'm looking up online. I'm looking at the Hall of Fame. I'm going, nobody's telling a story. How, how is that? It's you, you, how did, so you came across it because you did the book and then, and through the Tom Right. So his introduction in the book tells me about his story. Right. It's a, it's a nice, you know, he talks about how his dad, actually built him a field of dreams prior to and then he talks about going into world war ii and getting into it. i'm like how come this doesn't resonate with me as a you know as a student in high school right how does this not bounce off the pages of history right now, bob feller wasn't alone there were 10 yankees right yogi berra was a d-day bill hmm. dickey joe dimaggio oh lee and larry mcphail they were owners owners all these guys we represent now 39 guys that served during world war ii warren spawn was at the battle of the bulge the greatest left-handed pitcher of all time right uh gil hodges right and buck o'neill who were just yeah. elected to the hall of fame this year are our we used to have 37 now these two were elected buck o'neill was in the united states navy and gil hodges was in okinawa Right. And he won. Uh, I believe it's a bronze star. We're doing more research on him because we have banners that we put up. But. The history of what these guys did is incredible. People love them for their baseball exploits. I love them for their military exploits. Here they are in an uncertain time. We know the outcome 80 years later. We did not know the outcome December 7th, 1941. And here Bob Feller didn't hesitate. He didn't waver. And he went out there and he just served. Yogi Berra was a D-Day. Let me say that again. He was a D-Day. Yes, he's got 10 world championships. But as a 19-year-old kid, he didn't hesitate. He went into the Navy and then served his country as a rocket boat captain. If you go to our website, there's a, a, a Channel 11 or PIX. Did, they were at our, where we have our educational display unit that talks about these 39 guys and they were there and you can, you can get an understanding of what they did. Our veteran community really needs to get, you know, not just behind this, but understand the value of our last professional athlete that we've encountered. You probably know is Pat Tillman who was killed in Afghanistan. Um, unfortunately, died. while you're speaking through this, I'm going to share folks on Facebook. I want to share some of the stuff right on your website. So the website is actvaloraward.org, and I'm just going to go through some stuff. While I just speak, sure. keep going. I just want to let you know what I'm doing over here. Yeah, no, that's fine, and, and I appreciate it. Uh, look, if you go there and you, and you talk about our mission, our mission really is um, to recognize and honor those who support our servicemen and women. Uh, and to provide support for the military families and veteran causes. That's our goal, right? 
We also want to educate on the lessons of citizenship, sacrifice, service, and the legacy of the left behind. So that's our, our four pillars that we honor. It took us 10 years to figure all this out. I, I, I mean, I've got a book in me that talks about the first year, how I borrowed on my 401k. I never told my wife that, <laughs> but I mean, to, to pay for these busts, because before we had the bus, I mean, the first year alone was just a whirlwind trying to get, like, we had support when we started the foundation in six weeks because I woke up one day and I'm like, well, why don't I, I reached out to Mrs. Feller and Feller. And I said, I'd like to honor your husband, you know, for his service to our country. She said, sure. <clears throat> Everybody thought I was off the wall, bat crazy. And why, I said, why, okay. why would, who would think you were crazy? Because, like, why, what are they telling you? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you investing in this? What, what? Think about it from, uh, think about it from the Cleveland Indians perspective. Here's a guy from New York, a Yankee fan. He's taking the legacy of their greatest player that's ever played the game. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to go ahead and create what? What am I planning on doing? The first year was just well, the world. The is, what's the angle, right? What's this guy, right? That's always it. What's this guy? How's he going to make money off this thing, right? right. Yeah. And, and just to let you know, we're all volunteers. Not one of us makes a nickel. We've done this because we believe in what the mission is, and we support our service members based on what they do for our country. They're it. If we don't have our service members, you can't have, you know, this podcast. Yeah, we can't absolutely. have these conversations because of what they do for our country. So we, uh, we continued to just build upon the first year and in six weeks had the support of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Major League Baseball, um, the, the USS Alabama where Bob Feller served as a, a Navy Chief Petty Officer. And um, I think there was, uh, well, obviously the Cleveland Indians at the time, right? So we had them you know, kind of figured out, but we had no connection to the United States Navy. How do you create a crossover award? It's never been done before. So I went to my local councilman, wrote a letter. Uh, believe it or not, LinkedIn is a beautiful tool. If you use it right, I met Admiral Michael Javely, who kind of helped me navigate how to get through the waters of creating it to be an actual naval award. So I like how you I like how you said get through the waters. That was not lost on me when we talk about the Navy. All right. I'll just say I'll say that. I'm quick, baby. I'm ready for that. So good move. But yeah. so you, the Admiral helped you navigate. I'll even I'll play too. Helped yeah. you navigate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I want to pause you there one second sure. because I have one quick question, then we're gonna take a break. But 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 you I, I want folks to understand Peter didn't have these connections already. Peter created this. Peter manifested this. And, and I know he's going to say, well, Tommy, it's not about me. It's about the relationship. Well, guess what, Peter? It is. It's what you did. You saw this. You had a vision. And you created it with, of course, the help of others. Because nobody does anything alone. It's about with team the effort. Work, right? It's a team effort. And you have a full volunteer team. And yeah. you, now, and aside from the acknowledgement and the awards, you're making an impact for people who are still with us and who need different services. I know we're going to talk about 22 a day, which is a tragic situation, which would, you know, those of us who are aware of it know that unfortunately because of mental health challenges and PTSD and, and, and lack of another way out, 22 veterans on average take their lives every day. And that's a tragedy. And, you know, if you were here in July, we did six, five episodes, five, six different organizations for July talking about veterans and services for veterans. So we will talk about that when we come back. Talk about a team though. What I will talk, we're going to come back. We'll talk about the connection with the Navy and, and that we'll, we'll stop or we'll continue where we stop. But I got to shout out Mick Collins because talk about a team. I send out a questionnaire, right? Into the ether, 148 games they used to play. There's our answer, 148. Thank you, so, thank you Mick. So he won 24, 25 out of 148. And then it says the AL went to 162 games in 1961, the NL in 1962. This is talk about teamwork. Yogi has three more as a coach, he's telling me. So three, yes. you know, and then two in the Bronx and one in Queens. Yes. So we will. He almost I, won another one. I Seven watched three. I, you know, I watched something the other. Yes. You know, I watched something the other night and I didn't know. I don't know her name. It was like late night TV. It was after the Met game. I was flipping around. But Yogi's granddaughter does uh, 
Lindsay is that yeah so she does a show with uh uh, the guy, I think they're out of New Jersey or something like yep. that. Out of Mount Clair, New Jersey. Uh, Abadado, is that his name? Uh, that I don't know, but I do know Lindsay well. We do, do a lot know? of work with the Yogi Berra Museum to honor him on D-Day every year. We'll continue to do so. All right. Well, let's talk about Yogi and things like that, too. So when we come back, we'll talk about the programs, the impact you're making, as, as you and I discussed before the show. This is Philanthropy and Focus. I'm Tommy D. That's Peter Fertig. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. We are back all right so let's talk about the creation of this because I, I i did give you a you know the the kudos and the shout out there because you created this yes with the team but it's it all starts you look around wherever you are listening to me right now everything you look at around that room around that bus terminal wherever you are was created first in someone's mind before it came out in the real world here or in the actual tangible world so same with this, Peter. So you, you're making these connections. You, you meet the Admiral. You, you, you kind of said LinkedIn was a, a support for you with that. Talk to me a little bit about that piece. So uh, like I said, uh, no connections at all to Cleveland. Uh, met Bob DiBiasio. Uh, he kind of helped me navigate through the baseball side of things, although we have their support. You know, uh, the finances are on me. So I'm okay with it. We, you know, I'm all in. I'd never got a chance to serve my country. This gives me the opportunity to do so and recognize those, the importance of what they do for our country. So I'm thrilled with the opportunity of what's before me, but I have no idea of the connections on how to do it. So Admiral Javali navigating through everything gets to the CNO. Now, again, all these acronyms, they mean something, but to me, it's just give, you know, gobbledygook. Yep. So the CNO is the chief of naval operations and the admiral goes to him and goes, you know, we, we have an opportunity to, to merge baseball with the Navy. Are you interested? And he says, absolutely. He gets behind it. And by Memorial Day 2013, we're looking to uh, create an official naval award. How long had that taken to get to that point, to Memorial Day of 13? So it we... We're talking in late November, creating this whole entity, for lack of a better term, started in maybe uh, January, February. It starts coming together with the Navy. So okay. about four or five months. Yeah, that's fast for a thing that didn't Very fast. Right? And you didn't know how to do it, but you figured think it out. It. Yeah, think about it, though, Tommy. They don't know, again, they don't know me from a hole in the world, right? Here we are creating an entity with the United States Navy attached to it. Forget Major League Baseball and the National Baseball. This is the United States Navy. It's a naval award. My head was still spinning because he gave me the information on Memorial Day 
2013. Yeah. Now, mind you, I have no bust. I have no award. And the direction is we're still going to hand these out. I contact a gentleman in, in Kentucky, probably March or April. This is even before we have anything going on. And I say, I'd like to create three awards, not knowing what I'm looking for, mm -hmm. right? Meaning I want to honor the three components of Bob Fellow's life. He was a major league baseball player, a Navy chief petty officer, and a national baseball hall of fame. And he's like, great. It's going to cost you about 10 grand. Mm -hmm. I'm all in. There's no going back at this point. I'm sure the good Lord will help us along the way. And of course he did, but it was just a whirlwind. Because now that it's an official Naval Award, guess what? That bust in Kentucky, that artist, that sculptor by the name of Wyatt Gregg, who's, I love him to death, right? He's, he's the best of the best. He's creating this. The United States Naval Historical Society has to go in and make sure that that bust is Navy material, meaning it has to be adhered to whatever the chief petty officer hat was back in tw uh, 1941. That's how meticulous they are. Very, very meticulous. That's to your point saying, hey, how do you get a Naval award done in five months? You usually don't, right? right? So Admiral Javely, I give him a lot of credit. He put his reputation on the line for a guy that he's known maybe seven or eight months at the time. And he's like, look, we're all in. Yeah, but you know, let me let's let me just interrupt you for a sec because that's about you. Let's be real. That's about your passion. That's about your integrity. Because nobody's going to put themselves out there without that trust factor and that connection and that relationship. It's just true, right? So you, you know, you're in that in your presentation. I hate the word pitch, but in your presentation and your explanation and your passion for what this project was and meant to you, it it, it came across to him. It had to. All right. I mean, that's the only way that you, you know you, you go out and and quote unquote take a chance on someone, right? You're right, hundred percent, hundred percent right, Tommy. You, look, when you get an opportunity to find your purpose in life, whatever that purpose is, right? And and it just so happened again, this wasn't about money, it wasn't about fame, it wasn't about it's an opportunity. To, it was an opportunity to serve my country because at the time I was 45, which you are now, mm -hmm. right? About 44, 45. Yeah. Right. I found my purpose. It took me all this time getting there. Right. I had to learn how to write. You should have seen the letters that I would send to the secretary of the Navy and how, I mean, it was a bloodbath. They took it. They beat it. Up. You can't use a comma here. Every word, every punctuation, meticulous. Can't do this. Can't do that. And I didn't have, you know, I'm just, Go Red Dragons. I'm a Cortland State grad, right? So I'm sitting here dealing with guys from a Naval Academy. You're talking about guys, four-star admirals, two-star admirals. I, I'm way out of my league, way out of my league. And these guys are, nav again, navigating me through. Yeah. Here, do this, do that. And somehow we got the support, got it through. And, and now we're in the summer of 2013. Still don't have the busts made. And yet we're, we have a date of Veterans Day of 2013 to give out the awards because Ann Feller is getting old and older. Right. right. And I want her to see this before she passes. So that's all right. So you got a timeline, right? Yes. Okay. So we got to We have a date. It's veterans day. That's where we're going to go. Yes. And where was it going to happen? Where was the, so again, I originally wanted to do it at, um, Oh, uh, uh, well, it ended up at the United States Navy Memorial, but at the, at the time I was thinking where, uh, Oh, come on, Ferdy, get it together. Uh, it'll come back to me. Not Annapolis. Is that, is that, is that? No. Oh, so the United States Navy Memorial is on Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay. And it's, it's, it holds about 250 people. It's a beautiful, beautiful facility. Again, no, I know nothing about DC at this point. Right. Everything is all virtual, right? All the conversations that we're having here, all the, the back and forth with the, the artist, all the back and forth with the Navy and baseball, all this is going on simultaneously. We haven't even done the nomination process yet. What does that look like? How you create a board? What does that mean? Bylaws, every, all these things that were, I was totally ignorant to. I'm learning on the fly. Oh, and by the way, like you said, I still got a job to do at ADP. Of course. Right? Yeah. And and the jobs we do come with a quota. It's yes, not like punching a clock. You actually owe oh. somebody something. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's, it's, it's you, you're on, you go, you go ahead and make this happen, but you're going to hustle for it. There's no, there's no gray area. So trying to build a team that understands the value of what we're doing, 
we want to recognize and educate those three components. So we get, you know, we do our on-field ceremonies. Okay, so what does that mean? So uh, who gives back to our military? So we had Nick Swisher from Cleveland, and we had Justin Verlander from, uh, at the time, the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and there was a couple of others. Uh, from One was from Kansas City, and there was another gentleman, I think, from San Diego. Mm-hmm. So we had about four our first season, and we didn't know what the heck we were doing. What does this look like? How do we know about them? You know, what's going on? So, all right, the, the Navy is going to take care, right? The Navy is going to take care of that side. The The baseball, Bobby D will help me with the baseball component. Uh, we do an on-field ceremony. And then the board voted on Justin Verlander for that. And then we're like, okay, well, who's our Hall of Famer? Uh, again, we didn't know. It ended up being Yogi once we found out because Yogi, obviously, there was an education process. He did work at D-Day. So we're, we're, we're hustling. We're figuring out all these details. And then the government shut down. People don't remember this, right? 2013. Now, when the government shuts down, the Navy shuts down. <laughs> all this is going on in the first year. Yeah. How, I mean, listen, let's, I don't even want, I'm, I don't, I'm not big on negativity, but at certain points, I have to imagine that things, certain thoughts creep in and go, the hell am I doing, man? Like, <laughs> should I keep doing this? Should I keep doing this thing? It's all right. Dogs are welcome on the show, Peter. No big deal, man. I do another show here in the network. Right. Professionals and animal lovers show. We're all about animals. It's all okay. good. All good. Uh, but hello there, dog. <laughs> What's, That's Toby. Who is it? Kobe? Toby. Oh, Toby. What's up, Toby? I'm Tommy D. Nice to meet you. Uh, um, you know, look, it, it's, it's the, you know, doubt sometimes does try to find its way in and creep in. So there's, you have no, you have no right? idea. But there's nothing about like failing, right? You've, oh man, we're hitting a brick wall here. Well, let's go around the wall. Let's freaking get a hammer. Let's knock the wall down, whatever. Get a bulldozer. I don't know. Figure it, right? It, it just, it was insane, right? You're bringing people into an environment that, I I have no knowledge of. I have no knowledge of DC. I've never been there for uh for you know other than as a guest to to visit around and do things. And here we are we're bringing it the Navy's taking care of their guy. And it was up to thank God for Admiral Javely. He reaches out to Justin Verlander's parents who live in uh Virginia. They pick up the phone and go, he's been nominated for the inaugural award. Bingo. He pivots his plans and comes to our event. So all of a sudden now you got Justin Verlander, you've got Yogi Berra, you've got, you know, and uh, Garth Sinclair, a class A chief. He was a senior chief in the United States. He wasn't a senior chief at the time, but he was a chief. So all these folks are coming together and we got a party and I still have no money, right? All of this, you know, you gotta, you gotta have, you, you gotta get alcohol. You gotta get food. I I don't know what I'm doing. And, I got to get the venue. How does this, all this come together? I mean, and so. So team wise, who are the people you want to shout out with your original board? Who are the people that, uh, you know, the, the Admiral, obviously we've talked about. Admiral but- Michael Jabbly, Bob yeah. DiBiasio, Bob Arnold. There's been a lot of good people. Oh, Bob from- Arnold from, from on the Island here. I, I knew him and his dad, his dad. I, I know Bob, of course. Shout out, Bob. I hope you're well, man. Yes. I didn't know you guys that he was involved. He's a great guy. Bob, Bob is a great guy. He was with us for our second year when, and, and I'll tell you about that another time. Yeah. But yeah. yeah it, look, I know we're on a heartbreak, but. Yeah, that's all right. Um, okay, keep going. Yeah. Look, the, the reality is, is that we got through the first year and we took a sigh of relief and, and things started to, formulate the actual getting a nonprofit entity right the 501c3 because everybody that donated at that time they just were kind out of their kind hearts that they knew that i was going to try to do the right thing it wasn't about me it was about what we were trying to accomplish right so it was like maybe you hadn't had everything in place the infrastructure the five no infrastructure nothing whole thing yeah all right so look let's do this because I, i i want to drive home what the organization, the impact that the organization is making. So when we come back, we do have, uh, we have what I like to kind of refer to as the lightning round. It's our last segment of the show. So we're going to pull it. We're going to leave everything out on the field. We're going to leave it all out there. And um, I want you to talk to me about what the programs are, what it looks like, who are we impacting, and then what do we need, what's coming up, things like that. So we'll do it like kind of rapid fire. We'll be right back. Thank you. Focus. 
Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, that's right. We're in the attic. Else would I be? Two flights up from where I get my coffee in the kitchen. We're back. This is philanthropy focus. This is the lightning round. This is the lightning round. All right. I always wanted to be a game show host, Peter. You probably didn't know that, but you do now. So we're gonna go through. It, it all started with this book. It all started. I, there's a whole. There's another book too. There's the the Casey book, right? The, so if we have time, one. Tell them about the Casey book. You know, uh, the deal is on strike three. Tell That's, them. That- that that's where it all started, right? That's it took place after Casey struck out from his eight-year-old son's perspective, right? It's a story of good and evil and right and wrong and temptation and deception. And that's where Bob Feller, Tom Seaver, and uh, Cal Ripken got involved. I then created, because of the foundation, another book called uh, Walk of Heroes, a profile of valor of all the 39 Hall of Famers that served during World War II. Uh, if you want to get a copy, just, you know, ping me online. I'll be more than happy to send you a copy, whether electronically or not. How do they, so, so talk about, so I'm going to share what you sent me so they can see it, but how do sure. you, how do they get in touch with you? Let's shout that out quick. Sure. It's uh, you can, you can reach me at uh, P Fertig at activevaloraward.org or uh, peter.fertig at adp.com. Got so, it. All right, cool. And the website again, shout out the website real quick. Sure. It's activevaloraward.org. So this is something you all can get from Peter, but this is where it all started. And yeah. the book, the, uh, you know, the story Mudville never knew. So I, I love it's from a different perspective too. We, we don't have too much time to go into that now, but it's from his son's perspective, the mighty Casey's son, you know? So yeah. let's, but let's, uh, so let's go into what is the impact that the org's making now, aside from giving out and recognizing, giving the awards and, and making the recognition piece, talk to me about what, what are the programs and things so- What's nice is we have we, we began our nomination process. Yesterday we were in St. Louis. Uh, the day before we're in uh, Minnesota. Uh, we're going to be in Milwaukee. Mike Trout and Justin uh, Turner in Los Angeles. So uh, and our friends in the Mets, Carlos uh, Carrasco, I believe he is still with the Mets, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he uh, he's going to be nominated. So we have ten nominees this year. Uh, you know, gentlemen, uh, Christian Yelich from Milwaukee, uh, Yastrzemski from San Francisco. So we got a lot of young people. That around, or is this virtual for you? Are you pers- no, they, uh, look, we have people that represent the foundation all over the country and we get the Navy chiefs. That's part of our, our outreach, right? Is to honor the Navy chiefs. They go on field, they get to meet Mike Trout and they get to meet Christian Yelich and that's pretty cool for them. So it's a, it's a great experience. And then we get to honor these people that give back to our country. That's, that's part of our nomination process. So moving on from that, that's, that's real good. We're doing a, uh, you know, we're trying to raise money for military children 
That's why we're having a, a walk and a run. Uh, this weekend, we're going to be in Maine, uh, at Patton, Maine. My friend, Command Sergeant Major Steve Curtis, uh, Vice President of the Foundation, Richard Schmidt, up there in uh, Patton, Maine. They're doing a run, so they're raising money for the foundation. All the money raised goes to military scholarships. So uh, if you're a spouse, if you are a, a child of a military family member, uh, we ask you that you write an essay on one of the 39, how that impacted your life. We go into a rubric and then, you know, uh, we had 40 people last year. We awarded six scholarships. So we do, we do these programs, tribute events. We do, we have, uh, 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 you know, what would I call them? University speaker series. Okay. Where we, so we've gotten, uh, you know, we want to educate the younger generation about the 39. But we want to also educate them on how to, you know, what does the future like, right? You're in college now. How, you know, what, is you, what do you want to do pivoting away from it? So we have, you know, we've done events at Ohio University where we, uh, and, and but this was pre-COVID, actually had it at, at James Madison University, Emerson College, Dean College, where people can ask questions and find out how to interview and what's involved. And we bring sports people from, uh, all over. Uh, we bring military people all over, sit down and, you know, talk about what their careers are. So we do, uh, we have an internship program that uh, we have where we mentor young people uh, that go out there and, and try to, uh, uh, you know, get better at what they're doing. So they're getting, you know, better at social media. They're, they're educating us, the old dinosaurs on certain things that help us get better. And they, and we in turn help them. Um you know, we, we have uh, an educational mobile unit. I talked about that. That was, don't, uh, you know, we raised $15,000. That goes around the country. It's, it's been in um, the Yogi Berra Museum. It's been in uh, the uh, United States Naval War College. Uh, it's been at the United States Navy Museum. <coughs> We've had it so that, you know, we can go and do those programs to educate them on the 39 Hall of Famers that served during World War II. Yeah, I mean, thank you for all that. I mean, this is so special. And again, how many lives are now impacted, aside from the acknowledgement and the recognition, but are impacted by the work that is now happening, the education. And I love something that really stood out for me with what you just said there was while the, your word, dinosaurs know certain things and can educate the younger folks, you know, the the uh, the digital natives. And, you know, I mean, the digital natives are old people now at this point, right? It's a, It's that next generation. But like, you know, there's so much knowledge if uh, five at the time, last time I heard it was five different generations of workforce, maybe yeah. it's at this point, you know, and if, uh, you know, this show is about community, I'm about community. And if there's a way where people can remember that that 60, 70, 80 year old man, woman has a ton of wisdom and a ton of knowledge, like they know a bunch of stuff, man, like, and there's a bunch of stories, like, and they want to share and vice versa. The young people have so much to share too. I'm not, you know, I, maybe I'm being silly and everybody's like, of course, Tommy D. Well, of course, if, if it was, of course, then this stuff would happen all the time. It's not, of course, right? It's constant movement, Tommy. And, and what you'll be surprised at is this constant movement in the marketplace, because a lot of the seasoned people, I call myself seasoned. I don't call myself old. But I've been around enough where the younger people coming in, they just want to learn and they want to be educated and taught the right way. And I'm talking about what I do at work for ADP, sure. right? There's, right? You come in as a blank slate. You want to treat them with respect. They come in with the energy and you just want to help them. If you help people get what they want, guess what? You get what you want. Zig Ziglar. If you help enough people get what they want, you'll get everything you ever wanted. Love it. Love Zig. Yep. Love all that stuff. Been listening to the old stuff. Listen to Jim Rohn lately. Yep. Listen to. I listened to seven hours last Saturday while I was cleaning the attic. I listened to seven hours of uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. I mean, the class. Yep. This stuff is all out there. You know, it's it's there for you if you want it. So, all right. I want you to in the last moment or two. I want you to talk about what do you need. Vol I know you said you need volunteers. So I know one young eleven year old volunteer that <clears throat> my kids dig the service because I've taught them to dig doing service, you know? And uh, I, I know one 11 year old who is a baseball fanatic, a sports fanatic that would be, will, will certainly be volunteering in some of the stuff you're doing. So what do you need? Talk to us about that. We're having our, our run and our walk next week. So next week, this week we're in Patton, Maine. So unless you plan on traveling eight hours to go up to Patton, I, I think we got that covered. Um, what I'm, what I'm hopeful for, is 
you know, we have an event, which is our walk. It's a 22 mile walk, right? The 22 a day, we talked about that. So they're walking, you can walk up to 22 miles. You can do one stretch of five miles, you know, and pay that. And whatever money, so far we've raised about 5,000, which is not enough. We need to raise probably in the neighborhood of between 15, 20,000. So we're not where we need to be just yet. I'm hoping that this show that you're doing with us and we appreciate it, will reach enough people to say, hey, look, hey, donate to the cause. Again, 100% of the money uh, goes towards military children and spouses. So that's what we're trying to. Uh, well, shout out to Dean on next week. And wh- where is that all happening? That's out in South Hold. It's going from South Hold to Orient Point back. Starts at the South Hold American Legion. Then comes back to uh, Orient Point. They flip it around, which is 11 miles. And again, you don't have to walk all 22. You could just go to Greenport, which is five. Have a couple of beers. Park your car. We'll drive you back. So we've got that covered. And then the run the next day on Sunday, September 18th at uh, Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park in Wading River. We would love for those that are, want to be a part of it, love to have you, uh, uh, you know, come and uh, join us. Awesome. What do you, um, how many people you expect to get out at that event? Uh, well, right now we only have between 60 and 70. I would love to get, you know, between 150, 200. I'd love to make it like the Michael Murphy, right? Yeah. Michael Murphy gets about four to 5,000 every year. <clears throat> I welcome the opportunity to just grow it to, you know, 500 to a thousand people. I want to be a part of that growth. I want to be a part of the impact you're making. I will put this out there. You don't have to say yes or no right now, but my dad owns the Rouse Ices on Huntington, in Huntington on New York Avenue, right next to the Paramount. If it's appropriate, we'll come out. I'll scoop some Italian ices that day during the walk. It's always like, you know, look, if somebody's going to walk 22 miles, I could at least scoop a couple hundred ices, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, so if you want it, it's there. We'll talk about it. After Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I love doing that for my nonprofit friends. Want to shout out everybody checking in on uh, all the social media. Mick, want to shout you out. I appreciate you. My buddy, Mick Collins, who we've spoke about several times. Peter is a veteran, an army veteran. So shout Thank out you for your service, your service, brother. We appreciate you. Um, I too did not serve. So this is my service. This is how I want to be here for those who have served. Um, I put mixed information. I put his company is called pay it forward processing. I'll connect okay. later on Peter, but I put it on Facebook. So if you've heard me talk about Mick a whole bunch now, you're probably like, well, what's this guy all about? Well, he runs this merchant processing department. Uh, of this company and and uh, they do special work giving back money to nonprofits. Talk, we'll talk about that in the future, Peter. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for being on the thanks show. For, thanks for having us, Tommy. Much of appreciated. Of and, and I look forward to uh, to work with everybody in the future. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, man. We'll see you, you later. Too. Be well. Later, guys. Bye, guys. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. On edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn 
educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 